Hello everyone, welcome to the latest special edition Wolves Fancast. What a day to be a Wolves fan. Who saw it coming? Who didn't see it coming? Get your likes and comments and subscribe straight in right from the start. Today I've got with me Luke, Jordan and Adam Price. Guys, hit me with it. What's your feelings on the news today? Nuno is leaving the Molyneux, leaving us behind. Not, not for pastures new yet. Maybe that's on the horizon. What's your, what's your thoughts? I'll come to you first, Luke. Do you know what? It's, it's shocking. It, it's a shocking one. I mean, obviously, we've all had the conversation over the last couple of months. Um, there's been lots of debate, especially on, on social media, about should Nuno stay, should Nuno go. But who, who would have expected it two days before? Well, is it two days before the, the last game of the season? Um, I thought if a decision was going to be made, it, it would have been early into next season. Um, I thought we, I, I did think that we was going to give him the summer. Give him another transfer window, um, see how we started next season, and then take it from there. Um, so for it to happen today, it's it's shocking. It is shocking, and I think it's caused a, a right wave amongst the Wolves fans. I think we all like to think we're a bit in the know where it comes to Wolves. You're always looking at social media, seeing like you know the likes of. Um, John Percy, you're looking for the likes of Tim Spears to finally release something beforehand. Um, I don't think anyone had a whiff that it was actually going to happen today. Uh, what, what's, what's your opinion on it, Jordan? Did I know you, you to in and throwing and whether you wanted him to, to be in the summer, but it's finally happened now. What's your, what's your feelings now? It actually has happened. Well, I said it after the Spurs pod that um, I kind of thought that it probably, I thought that I generally thought that there was this potential crossroads where I thought a mutual termination could happen. Um, I didn't think it'd be announced how it's been announced. And uh, I, d- I don't know. I'm really, you know, like, I was sort of, again, we've, we've had this conversation loads of times about the pendulum of where you are on it. And the, the last, you know, the performance haven't been great. And I, I still wanted to give him the pre, I wanted, I wanted Frozen to back him basically and give him, I thought he had enough in the bank to have another 10 games. I, I thought when he went, you know, when he does leave, I didn't think it'd hurt as much as it does. Like now, it's almost like shit. He's, he's actually gone. Right, he's going. His knee's gone now, and it's almost like you're looking at it now. And I'm thinking, there's no, there's no communication from the club down, so we don't actually know what foes are thinking. Jeff She's thinking the manager's gone. Like we've got half a squad. <laughs> we've got so many question marks about the whole team now, and Nuno going. Just adds to all these questions that I think, honest to God, now it's gone from being a massive summer anyway with recruitment and everything to we, you know, we could quite easily kick on. You see, you know, people hire a new manager and they go up another level. Like it could happen. We could, we could, the grass could be greener, but you see a lot of stuff where it just goes fucking south quick. And you know what? Next season, if you're looking at it now, if you're predicting where Wolves are going to come next season, I think we could generally finish anywhere between fourth and 20. Because you just don't know, dear. Genuinely, so it's it's just mental. Um, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm good. He's, I, I'm actually genuinely good. He's gone, but I do think that if it had carried on in the same vein it has done for another ten games, I think his reputation would have been tarnished. Adam, I feel like um, you were sort of the one of the, the long-standing members of the fancast who were sort of 
knew no in for the majority of last season. We sort of maybe petered out towards the end. What's what's your opinion of it today? How do you read into the mutual consent statement of the uh, news? Do you know what I mean? There's um, <clears throat> there's always an element of of shock to some degree when this sort of, when this sort of thing happens. But for me, I, I can't say I was surprised. To be honest, I, we've all heard like the murmurings, you know, of what's gone. We all know how the season has gone. It just for me, I'm not the only one that's noticed. But pretty much the whole of his season, Nuno just at times seemed like he, almost like he wanted to be anywhere but here. Um, we know that the, the the last 15 months has been heavy on a lot of people and he's been quite vocal about how it's affected him. So he's got, he's got his own perhaps personal reasons as well as professional reasons as to why he's felt that he's done his time here. Um, and when you factor in from Fosun's side that you know they're pop, they're not going to be happy with where we are in the league. I know they come out early in the season and they said to to in effect a paraphrase, but they said that we're happy to write the season off as it is. We're happy to accept a mid you know mid table season based upon what's happened. I think privately they're not happy with with where we are with how how bad the performances have been at times this season. How bad or just how stale the performances have been this season. And I just think normally when that term mutual terminate a mutual agreement, mutual consent comes out. We all know secretly, I think we all know that that's basically translated into you've been asked to leave, basically. That's what mutual consent pretty much normally means. But this time I can actually see, I really can see being a mutual agreement between both parties. I can see Nuno just saying, look, I'm frazzled. I'm not enjoying it really. We can see how unhappy he's been. He's just not, he just doesn't look, look happy. I can see him saying to, to Jeff, look, I, I just... I need a break for a bit. I want to go away, see my family. And I can see Jeff saying, okay, fine. You know, we've not been, we've not been great this season for a whole multitude of reasons, which we're probably going to get into now. So yeah, fine. If, if you want to walk away from, if you want to walk with fine, you know, we'll give you a bit of money. There you go. Off you go. Off into the sunset you go and we'll go and find someone else. And like as George says, hopefully try and push on. Although obviously what it raises now is a million more questions around what the, what the players thinking? What, what's going to happen to the backroom staff, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Is the whole, is the whole backroom staff going to go with Nuno? Will they stick around if we're hiring a new Portuguese manager? These are all questions that we can discuss now, and probably what questions we're waiting to be uh, answered in the next few weeks. We're only sort of seven minutes into the, the so far, and I feel like we could talk about it for for weeks. There's a lot of questions still to be answered. Just initial thought on him, Nuno, actually joining Spurs this summer. What's your, what's your opinions on that possibility of actually happening? Jordan? I think it's likely. Um, I think it's likely, to be honest with you. We, we had this conversation as well during you know, some of the podcasts where Nuno's stock, it's, you know, he's, got, he's got a relatively high stock still for what he's done for Wolves. And um, this season has tarnished it slightly. Not a lot, but his his stock was probably at his highest point before he played Sevilla last year. Um for him, he probably you know, Spurs we were in this, you know, they're a bigger club than us, let's be honest. They're a bigger club than us. They're like a new stadium, they've got a lot of money. Um he if Spurs offered him the job, he would not turn that down, in my opinion. Um and I think that 
the likelihood is if he does go to Spurs again, I, I think he goes with everyone's blessings, really. Although it'd be weird to see him in a, in the Premier League still, but the, a new manager going into Spurs or how Nuno might see is Harry Kane's probably going to get sold for a hundred to hundred and fifty million pound. He's going to have all that money there to just spend on his own squad. You know what I mean? I think that I wouldn't be surprised. And again, this is going to be really unpopular, but I put in our WhatsApp earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if Kane got sold for 150 million quid and then Spurs come for Neves and Jimenez for like 100 million. I could, I could just see it already. And like Mendes is involved with Spurs in some way as well. The money is just the Mendes money will carry on going around that little carousel. We'll get our commissions off it and then we'll be able to go and spend the money ourselves. If what, He's led to believe is that we've got to sell to buy. I think it all just seems to all the dots seem to join up for me. I think mm. with the Spurs move though, if he was to go to Spurs, and that says to me it's more of more so Nuno's choice than Thousands. And I think that's why well, I want to know who initiated the conversation first, because somebody had to bring it up, didn't they, for us to be at this point now. So have Nuno gone to Falsi and said, look, I'm not really enjoying it. I'm not happy for A, I don't think you're backing me, or B, I've been offered the Tottenham job or I'm interested in the Tottenham job or another job on the continent maybe, or C, is he, is he homesick? Because, you know, that's that's been talked about quite a lot and has COVID made him realise, you, you know, I'd rather be with my family than manage Wolverhampton and just football club. And I think once we get to the bottom of, of that, then we'll know a hell of a lot more. Um, but like you said, I think if, if he did take the Tottenham job, I think he goes with everyone's best wishes because, you know, he's propelling himself in, in his career. Um, I think from my point of view, I'll always have a lot of time for Nuno and what he's done for Wolves because you can't deny the job that he's done. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but things have felt a bit stale for probably about 12 months now, maybe even a little bit longer, where the football hasn't been great. I think it's the first time that he, fans have really questioned him as our manager. Um, and I think it makes sense for him to go now, more so than if, imagine we started the season poorly next season. I think it just ruins and tarnishes his legacy. And then you, you, you're in that Arsenal-Wenger situation then, aren't you? Because... Wenger doesn't get enough respect on his name from Arsenal fans than he should. But with Nuno going now, I think there'll always be that level of respect on his name. Always. And that's important. If he was to hang on to the job, you'd have, like Arsenal had that Wenger in, Wenger out for years and years. And obviously we get we have the Nuno in, Nuno out clans, don't we, on Wolves Twitter. That'd just, just keep going forever, wouldn't it? Because... Yeah. You'd always have the ones who keep going back to say, look at what he's done for us, look at what he's done for us. Even though you can see he might not have been taking the club forward anymore. You've got those people who cling on to his previous achievements, even though it might not be in the best interest of the club anymore. Um, I think for me, with the Tottenham job, I know it's been reported that he's not, he's not in contention, but I'm wondering whether they will be looking at Nuno anyway, to be honest, because I think you know Tottenham I just for whatever I think they'd have their, their, height, their, their, their sights set a bit higher than Nuno I think I think they'd be looking at like established European managers who've been in the Champions League for a long time rather than 
I don't to use the term gambling on Nuno, but rather than putting the stock in him to say, yeah, you took Wolves up from the championship and you've you, you got two seventh place finishes, great, but is that going to work for us? And and as you said, you know he he would potentially be going to a Spurs job. He's just just going to sell their their star player, so he's got a, he's got a rebuild job there. I don't know. For me, I, I don't really see I don't really see it happening. Um, I'm just looking at a face value at the minute where I just think he just look as I said before he just looks a bit he just looks a bit frazzled and he just wants to just step away from it for a bit. To be honest, I can't given that his demeanour for the last twelve months, I can't. I'll be so I'll be so shocked if he then decides to, to step in at Spurs and start start straight from there and just carry on going. I think he just looks like yeah he could do with some t- just a bit of time away. I think that's what my view is anyway. Where do you sit on it, Dan? Because I know we've had some just a well, a quick question. Like, Sorry again. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to. I was just saying, where do you sit on it? Because I know we've had loads of debates over, over the last few months. Um, so, how have you taken the news? Yeah, I'm losing. Yeah, if it's in regards to whether Nuno goes to to Tottenham, I, don't, I personally don't see myself. I think I'll sort of reiterate what Proy said. I, I think they'll be looking for a more established coach. As good as Nuno's done a job for us, you look at his um, his CV. He's, he's not won anything. Yeah. Of note, really, has he? As as a coach, even like when he was manager of Porto, he bottled the league title there. Um, I know you're like a conspiracy, Luke. People might have thought that Doherty joining Spurs last summer would have been in the lead up for Nuno going there, but that would that would have meant that Mourinho cocked up the Spurs job on purpose, which isn't that far <laughs> from a conspiracy <laughs> point of view, is it? Um, just a quick one. Is, is the manner in which Nuno's left today <coughs> ideal for you? Or would he, Would you rather Wolves maybe got another seventh place finish last season and then he got poached by someone else? It's a good question. I mean, if he's got been poached by someone else, you kind of don't mind that because he, Charles has done a good job. But I think we've heard the season's gone now. I think I'm, I'm glad that it's happened now, more so than, you know, if it happened late August or something or the, the, the beginning of October and he got poached because, all right, we can get the Man U game out of the way. It's a dead rubber anyway, so we can use that as a bit of a, a send-off for Nuno. You know, there'll be four and a half thousand fans there that can send him off, give him the send-off. Well, it's not even the send-off he deserves because he deserves a full house, really, if we're being honest. Um, and then... We can start early as well, because from Falson should be looking for the next gaffer now, which obviously they am. Um, but get him, get the new gaffer in charge, nice and early. Everyone, you know, he can have the discussions with with Falson, um about what budget he's got, you know, how he sees the squad, what sort of style of football he wants to bring in. He's going to have a full pre-season, um, so we'll be able to get his tactics in, the, you know, get his ideas across to the players. Have a good look at what players suit his style and what don't. So, you know, there's going to, and you know what? It kind of makes the summer a bit more exciting because if we're getting a new gaffer, Falson have to back him. There's zero excuses there. Absolute zero. If they would have saved this season, our net spend was around 10 or 15 million. You can't really argue it, but with a new manager, 
for me, they've got a, if if we get say a hundred million in on player sales this summer, Bolton have got to spend about two hundred and thirty. They've got to back this, this new manager now. The thing that what my biggest concern at the moment is because of the the mentality of the fan base at the moment with it being sort of well on the negative side. If we don't appoint a manager that is that resembles a bit of excitement. He loses his first three or four games and that toxicity that could really take us down next season. You know what Wolves fans are like? It happened yeah. under, uh, after Mick McCarthy left. Yeah. That, my biggest concern is you, 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 you're hearing names like Bruno, Bruno Large, um, who else has been mentioned, guys? Just, just give me some names. Paolo Fonseca has been mentioned. Yeah. Um, Eddie Howe. Who's, who, 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 what manager are you wanting this summer, lads? Just just on the spot, just give me one quick name, Luke. See, I, I, I'd go for AVB. And I know a lot of people will laugh at that and say, oh, no, he's, you know, he's shit. But I'd, I'd go for AVB. I think it's, he's a man, he's bigger than Nuno. So already, automatically, that's a step up for the club. So, AVB, that's one name for me. I mean, I've got a couple of names right down here, but first one, AVB. Jordan, what about you? With obviously, other names in the hat. Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard. What do you think of them sort of names being linked to the club? I can't, I can't see it happening. I think they're going to stick to the trial and trusted, aren't they? I think it's going to be... It's probably going to be a Portuguese manager. And, you know... I'd, I've, you know, if you're asking me, I, I don't know a lot about this this lagger or whether he's, you know, I don't I don't know enough about him to say whether I think he'd be a good fit or not. I'd like that content say from Porto, like just for watching them in the Champions League and how they went to Juventus and played. That's the style of football we're screaming out for. Um, Rafa, I think Rafa would be a very safe bet, and he's so I think he's so underestimated as a manager. He's done a fantastic job with Newcastle. Obviously, Liverpool, he did a good job there. Chelsea fans didn't really give him much respect, but that's because of that Liverpool Chelsea hatred. But I think he'd do a good job. Um, and yeah, I think there's so many names you could look at and go that could do a job. Like someone like Lampard, not really for me. The, the, the interesting one, and I know Luke's going to laugh and you lot are going to laugh because all this Liverpool shit that keeps coming out, bollocks. But so I think Stephen Gerrard would be quite an interesting name. I like Gerrard. You know what? I know, Scott, I know the Scottish League is what it is. But Celtic had done not won nine, you know, nine trophies in a row. He's gone there. He's upset the apple cart. They did well in Europe, you know. Um, they got to the quarterfinals in Europe. Yeah, unbeaten in the league. Like he probably needs a step before that Liverpool job as well. And I, I'm not saying we were stepping stone club, but he, they're going to want to see him do it in the Premier League. So I, I wouldn't be averse to Gerard either. But out of everyone. If I'd, you know, if you're asking me, I, I'd, I think I'd appoint Rafa. I'd give it Rafa, honestly. Uh, for, for me, there's a couple of angles you look at it. If you want to keep the con, basically, we, we as a club have, have gone lock, stock, and barrel in Portuguese people, haven't we? We've gone, you know, and to keep that continuity going, do you then look to a a lot, I don't know, I don't know, pronounce his surname, Bruno Lager. Do you go with Conceição, Fonseca? I don't know. Do you, you, you keep that continuity purely for the players and the backroom staff who are already at the club? If you go with someone like a Rafa, I think you'd, 
don't know, I think you're treading on dodgy ground there because for the last 12 months, we've been bored by our style of play and that's not going to get any more exciting when you appoint Rafa Benitez. We all, we all know what he, what he can do. He's a master tactician. Sometimes that, that can also be a weakness of his. He can overthink things. But he's got titles that he can point to to say, this is, this is what I've won. If he, if he was to come here, everyone needs to be in no illusion that it's not going to be pretty what we're going to be watching. It's going to be functional football. We may get, get results, but it ain't going to be pretty, boys. Let's face it. Um, talk, of, talk of Lampard for me is like a non, complete non-starter. I don't think that, that's going to happen in any way, shape or form. Gerard is an interesting one. I think I, I agree what George said. He's obviously his eyes are firmly, completely fixed on the Liverpool job whenever that that comes round. But he does need or will need a Premier League job before he goes and does that. There's there's other there's other examples in the world of football where you know clubs appoint the next player and it goes well. You know Barcelona Barcelona tend to do it quite a lot and it just seems to work. So it could work, you know, he could go straight to Liverpool and get a job, but it will be an interesting choice for us. His stock is going to be high at the minute, given what he's just done with Rangers. Um, I don't know how much they've asked for like compensation for him or whether he might even want the job. He might want to stay at Rangers and have a crack at the Champions League with them. Well, not probably won't get very far, but you know, it's an interesting one. I think for me, if I was picking, <sighs> purely because we've got such an investment in the Portuguese staff, the players and potential people, I would stick to a Portuguese manager. I would go with someone like a Conceição. It's exciting, exciting choice. Uh, we, we seem to be going to Porto for a, you know any anyone these days, like players or whatever. And then I'm not sure if they still got their money troubles, so whether they might appreciate some compensation money going their way. But if if we could, yeah, that'd be that's where I'd like to see us go. Get Conceição in. For me, on all that, and that's sort of why I said. I'm not averse to you know him coming in or Bruno Lago or any of these you know Fonseca or whatever, but as a club now, do we need to break that mold of just relying on Portuguese players and manager? I know it's like quite a a boring thing that people a slur that people throw at us at Wolves. Oh, it's Portugal FC, all this sort of stuff. But for us to move on or potentially break away, is this where we draw the line under the sand and go right? we're going to do it this way now because there's nothing wrong with people bringing in players, the trust and stuff, but our, our transfer windows and policies for the last, what, four or five windows we've said hasn't really worked. So if you bring in a Portuguese manager and we carry on with that same market and that same mould, are we just basically like what they say about insanity, just repeating ourselves and thinking there'll be like a new, there'll be a different result when reality is it hasn't really been working already. Like that's what I mean. Do we break the mould now? Because I think that, Again, it could make or break us, but I don't think we're actually going to know unless we take that step outside of what we've been doing. I guess ultimately you want someone who... Quickly put you all on the spot. <clears throat> oh, sorry, sorry go, on, go on, carry on, Forrest. I'll, I'll jump back in with my question in a second. I was just going to say, um, that ultimately, yeah, it will be a hard breakaway. If you, if you break that that mould. I guess ultimately you want someone coming in who you know has got quality and who you know is going to take us forward. If be Portuguese, that, that's fine. If the, if a new guy comes in who's not, he'll have to acclimatise to, to, you know, to the people he's got around him. 
it's a lot easier to move one person in there and he's a whole backroom staff, you know. So it's it's just inter- it's inter- it's interesting, you know. I I known Foson, they've probably got someone in the pipeline. I don't think this has been dropped on Nuno today. I think, you know, they probably had private chats about it up before now. And Foson will probably have the wheels turning to get someone in, you know, probably by early next week, you know, as soon as the season's finished, we could have a successor in. I mean, they were swift in getting Zenger in after Jacket, you know, so they, they might have people lined up. Let's wait and see. Yeah, you'd hope so. With the, the sort of form that we've we've ended this season, hypothetically, once we got Jimenez back in pre-season, do you think Nuno would have took us down? Nah. What, next season? No? Fair enough. We'll move on. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's too much quality. It's what it now. Like, I think... And people thinking that we'd go, we'd we sleepwalk into relegation. I think stupid as well. Um, I, I think I know Stu. I think Matt have said that, but I don't agree with that for, for a second. But I, don't know. I, mean, I think people just and you can't say that we were in a battle this season. There was points and we were looking over our shoulder. There's no way you can say no, that. I know. I, I think that's fair as well. I do think that's fair. I think we were squeaky bum a few times, a little bit, but because uh, did we not not winning. 10 or one, one, one in 10 or 13 or something at one point. The form was atrocious. And, you know, I don't want to throw a slander on, on Nuno's name, but <coughs> let's not forget the football's been it's been suspect this season. Yeah, it, it has, yeah. I, I think we... I, I think we're... Too, it's a famous saying, I think we're too... I think even now, I think we're too good of a squad to go down. And I know that's probably... But you know what? I, I I always used to think, oh yeah, so so too good to go down, so so too good to go down until we got relegated from the championship, and then I realised no one's too good to get down to get relegated from any league. I don't think you can rest on that. I don't think we would have gone down. I don't think it would have been pretty at all. I think we would have just stumbled our way to like a sixteenth, fifteenth position, something like that. I think you there would have been we would have gone on a rut like we have done this season already, and then we'd have just picked up four or five games where, like, we'd have got 10 points or 12 points out of it. As we've seen this season, like Adama yeah. would have just dug us out of a hole at some point. It, it would have been pretty by any stretch, but I don't think I don't think we would have, would have gone there. I, I can't say that. Not, not for me. We've just spoke where the um, backroom staff will follow new. Now, if a new gaffer comes in, he'll more than likely want to keep his own staff. Where does that leave the likes of Connor Cody, which has sort of been a, the mainstay in Nuno's style of play since joining Wolves? He's gone. I can't. I, I don't see a new manager keeping him. I think one of the. I think any new manager that comes in, he's going to strengthen the defence straight away. And I can see Cody getting the bullet. I think. Again, I don't want to put slander on Cody's name because of how good he's been for the club the last couple of years, or the last four or five or six years. But I think Nuno helped him massively, especially with the formation that was tried and tested for so long. Nuno helped Cody massively. Um, I, I suppose, it, I suppose it, it all depends on what sort of formation a new manager is going to play. But if a new manager came in, like, say, AVB, you're thinking a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. Can't see Cody. I 
don't know. I don't think uh, I couldn't see another manager having the trust in him that um, that Nuno had, and I think he would be one who would get the bullet. And I think we could see a bit of a shake up this season as well. I think um, you know Martinho might be moved on because of his age. Um, there might be a few a few surprises this season that leave the club, but at the same time, it might be just what what's needed because, in my opinion, this season it's gone so stale. That something something needs to change. Just needs a needs to be freshened up a little bit. I think um, talking Cody, he owes Nuno the like the last couple of his career, doesn't he? Because Nuno and the staff have made Cody. We all knew him as like a function a functional midfield player, stroke right back. He was a modern day Neil Emblem. Yeah, he was a utility man, wasn't he? He was just yeah. I've got a I've got a I've got a position to fill. Cody, just just do us a favour and just, you know, yeah. fill that fill that hole for us, so to speak. And um and then all of a sudden he's like one preseason later, he's turned into this like Libero Grande, he's a sweep sweeper centre back, he's like spraying balls out and now he's in the England squad. I think we as fans are always extra critical of our own players. So, you know, and Cody's bore a bit of a brunt of that this season. Um, it just depends how, like, what a new manager comes in, whether he, think, he, they, he thinks the same way. Has he been watching as closely as, as we have? Because on the outside, you see Connor Cody, you see how oh, great he's, he's got into the England squad. He's, he's scored after a couple of caps. He's, everyone thinks he's like this um, sweeper who can play it from the back, sweeping passes. There's a lot of outside of the club, a lot of people don't see the weaknesses that we tend to see. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not. It, it's such a such a weird summer ahead now because everyone. It's almost like now everyone's up for grabs, isn't it? In a way, everyone, no one's position is safe now. Really, apart from the, a few obvious ones like your your Jimenez and Neto's and everyone's for other reasons. It just seems it just appears now that everyone you can make a case now for anyone leaving. To be honest, we, we could be in a position where there's certain players who have grown under Nuno and they're quite loyal to him. And if Falson have sort of made the decision to get rid of Nuno, that could get their backs up. Yeah, and they could leave as well. We don't know, do we? There's still so many questions that need need asking and answering. Jordan, you mentioned earlier that you sort of could envisage Nuno taking folks of maybe uh, Jimenez and Neves to his next job and he could take care of him. It depends, doesn't it? Because, again, like, if he got, again, we were talking hypotheticals here, we're talking like he could potentially end up at Spurs. I could quite, you know, he was man of the match, Sky on last Sunday. I think deservedly so. You know, he shouldn't have to have made so many clearances and blocks he had to, but I didn't think he put a foot wrong in that game, really. Um, but the thing is, like, if he moves to another English club, a lot of people, like like Price, you just said there, like, have got Cody in, like, high esteem. And I think that if he does go to Tottenham, I could see him go, oh, you know, oh, they're shit at the back, aren't they? Um, like, they, if they say, if Nuno goes to Levy... Uh, dire, dire yeah. levels. Yeah, oh. if, <laughs> if, 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 if Nuno went to Daniel Levy and he's 15 million quid for Conor Cody you look at it and go England squad on the rise um, leader in that Southgate loves him 
Like the, the, all these, this criteria will just go, yep, yeah, there you go, 15 million, done. Like he just would, he just buy him. Obviously, if he goes wherever he might end up, obviously it's going to be a different scenario. I think that, like we've alluded to, though, I, I generally know, um, I thought this could happen, you know, walking, but the way it's happened and now everything's just up in the air, like it feels like we haven't got any control. And genuinely, like you said, like I think any player could go. You don't know who's loyal to Nuno, who isn't. Like the big one for me is Adama Traore, and what you read about, you know, Nuno's apparently been fighting to get Traore's new contract. I think Foes have looked at Traore and gone, he's the one we're going to cash in this summer, and I think that might be part of the the friction, as it were, behind the scenes that might end up coming out in the in the wash. Um, yeah, it's just mental. Like gen- genuinely, it's going to be exciting in terms of it's just all going to be new. We're going to be loads of signings. We're probably going to lose a lot, but. It, it's, it could we could be anything next season. Like we could be cannon fodder, but we could be like I say the grass could be greener. So with Palace, and you went was it Ronald? Was it no Frank De Boer when it they hired or Ronald? One of them wasn't it? Frank, yeah, Frank, yeah. And the lost eight game, the first eight games of the season. Frank, yeah, I'm not. I'm not wishing that or thinking, but that genuinely, I've, I feel like that could happen to us. It, but but at the same time, we could win our first eight games. Like it's all hypothetical, but. And they, yeah. and they sacked sack him after the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth yeah. But I'm just, I'm genuinely, I'm, but he went in there with like, right, because I think he replaced, um, was it, oh, I can't remember who he replaced now. It might have been Warnock, hadn't it? Um, but basically it was like, they want to play, oh no, Pulis, wasn't it? He replaced Pulis. And they were like, De Boer's going to come in, we're going to play this new style of football. Here's all his new players. <laughs> it just fucking, it just went tits up, didn't it? Like, and that's what I, I pray doesn't happen here. Because I, I genuinely think that we could, the grass could be greener, and we you know, I see it so often. But I just pray we don't do a palace. I pray it doesn't go that way. Is an is a new style of football mandatory under the new coach? I mean, what if you had like a better coach coming trying to play the same type of football that Nuno played, but he has a bit more uh, credibility to bring in better players to play that formation? Would you be happy sticking with? The uh, sort of three-four-three three, uh, counter-attacking style of play that we've we've got used to under Nuno, which got us into the Europa League. Yeah, Price? for me. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, I wouldn't. I would say, yeah, I would say it's that's fine to 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 keep the same way I mean there's always an, whenever a new coach comes in there always seems to be like a tendency of I've got to make my stamp on this mark on, on this team by you know changing changing something the only time that's really worked and that's not happened was when Ranieri went in at Leicester and didn't, didn't change a thing and won, won the league essentially because the team was set up already to succeed you know obviously we're not at that we're not at that stage you know we've gone we've gone backwards a bit um, so if a new guy comes in, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be averse to turn to, to him, you know, uprooting everything and starting again. I think there's a, a nucleus there that, that can succeed. For me, I, I don't see the need for him to completely rip up everything and start again. Just work on the things that aren't that aren't particularly working for us as well. And obviously, yeah, I, I don't get bogged down with the mitigants of, of, of injuries hampering this season, but. You know, if all being well, if he gets like a, a strong squad next season, a healthy squad or, or near as damn it, then I don't think 
I don't know, I'm not sure massively if, if uprooting everything and starting again is going to be the way to go. For me... Um, your opinions? For me, it's all about... Uh, it's a result, Football's a results business. End of. Like, if you're pragmatic, there's nothing wrong with being pragmatic, which is why I'm sort of saying, out of that list, because of I know him better, I think... Well, out of the lot, I think Rafa would be a good fit. I don't mind pragmatic football. It's all about results and winning football matches. If we have a pragmatic style and we win football games, the fans aren't going to care. We've been pragmatic under Nuno for four years. The the the, the problems and the the chat and the negativities come when the results have dipped. And there's been reasons for that, obviously, like we said. But there's been nothing wrong with a pragmatic football up until you know. We was getting a quarter-final of the Europa League and finishing seventh. I, I, of course, I want to see us playing exciting football, but I'd much rather get three points. I know that's very cliche to say, but I think that's all that Foden will care about as well. I'm going to hit me with it, Luke. I can see you pondering the the, uh, the cogs and working. I can see it. No, you know what? Like With, with the new gaffer, whatever formation he plays, you know, I like, I'm not really that bothered, just as long as we see football, that's a bit more forward-thinking than Nuno. I, was, I, I just always felt with Nuno, as great as he was, um, especially the last 12 or 14 months, he always played with the handbrake on. Like, he's, his philosophy seemed more like, let's not lose more than let's try and win. And I think that can only get you so far for so long. You know, I think, imagine another three or four seasons of, of the handbrake being put on this team. And then you've got, you've got to look at players like the two that stand out for me, Nevers and Traore. How, how do they feel about playing this style of football? Especially Traore, because really you just want to release him, don't you? And I'm sure he just wants to have a bit of a free reign himself. And I, I think with, with a coach who's a bit more attack-minded, we're going to get a hell of a lot more out of the players that we've got. I mean, imagine Neves just 10 yards further up the field and they had a little bit more freedom. He'd look like a completely different player, in my opinion. Um, I think we'd see just see a hell of a lot more from him. Um, I know the Championship was a different level, but he did play a lot higher up because he could. And In my opinion, it's not that he can't in the Premier League. I just don't think Nuno allowed him, which held it. And even, how do we know Neves isn't getting frustrated by that? You know, he could be thinking, well, oh no, I can get more goals, more assists, more touches in the box, more this, more that, but the, the coach isn't allowing me to. You know, he, he could have ended up looking for a move himself if Nuno would have stayed in charge. Luke's um, right. I think Luke's, Luke's right there, because like, when it comes to Nuno's overall philosophy on say, almost like safety first football, because you look in the championship, by far and away, the best set of squad, the, the best set of players, best squad of players, the championship's ever seen right that that squad that we had that's pretty much an accepted fact but only twice do I remember us really blowing a team away off the pitch I think it was Leeds and Bolton when we put four and five past them other than that it was always just uh structured organized two nil wins or one nil wins something like that it was always just drilling the guys at the back just to be be safe play safe and then we've got the quality to turn it on when we need to that was that was what our season was and then that was then that was then just modified for two years two years of counter attack football in the Premier League. But you know, as 
as George says, it, it, it works. So no one, no one complains. No one ever, no one ever complains while the team is winning or no one ever picks fault to it, do they? So we've had this really for a long time, this, this type of football, haven't we? I was getting some, some stats together um, on a couple of managers and with Nuno at Wolves, we averaged 1.3 goals per game. And when you can factor into that, we had 46 games of that in the Championship with the best squad the Championship's ever seen. It's ridiculously low. Then you look at, um, I compared him to Conceição, 1.78 goals per game. It's almost half a game, half a goal a game more, which is, um, it doesn't sound a lot, but it actually is over the course of a season. Over a season, yeah. Um, a lot more points on the board. I mean, that, how do you say, is it Bruno Lager? Lager, I think. Bruno Lager. He's only, he's only managed 89 games, according to Wikipedia, before I get pulled up. Um, but he's averaging 2.2 goals per game. Imagine the football dream. What's <laughs> mental? Well, game of five-a-side, then goals. Um, but that's almost an extra goal a game more than Nuno. And, okay, yes, a hell of a lot of games managed less, but it's pronounced Lager. lager. How, many, how many more goals are you letting in per game as well? <laughs> Well, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Nuno at Wolves, it was 1.04 goals conceded per game. Conceição, um, in more games, averages one goal per game, so 0.4 goals conceded per game, much of a muchness. But that lagger, 0.92 goals conceded per game. So he's actually got the best defensive record as well. But it is the most sort of... Um... Reaction on here. You're talking about these managers having such a better record than Nuno, but they've got the squad of calibre of players that we had under Nuno in the Championship, whereas Nuno hasn't got that calibre compared to Premier League level, has he? Well, so those managers that you're talking about with all these like high scoring games and seeding a lot, if he's got the players that Nuno's got, then it's not guaranteed the same percentage, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did the win percentages as well, and, and Nuno comes out poor on all of them. Um, at Wolves, his win percentage is 47.98%, which isn't great, really. And again, you have to factor in that we've had a season in the Championship with the best squad the Championship's ever seen. Now, AVB's win percentage is 57.96, which to me is, is a hell of a lot more impressive. It's 10% more than what Nuno's had. And I, I don't think AVB's had what you would say on paper, easy jobs. You know, the Tottenham job wasn't easy to get a win percentage of 57, well, nearly 60%. Um, the Chelsea job, Marseille, you know, they're not one of, I mean, they're a big team in, in France, but they're not PSG, are they? Um, Zenit St. Petersburg, again, big club in Russia, but they're not head and shoulders the best. So, that's why I, I, I look at AVB and that win percentage is, is quite impressive. Um, so, so yeah, you can argue, okay, has Nuno had as good a squad um, as, as the above mentioned, but 10% difference in a win percentage, I actually think that's quite poor. But then it probably just... Uh, but then it in the uh, YouTube comments... Uh... Lager had Benfica score 100 plus goals last season. He also beat a team 10 0 last season. Gunko as fuck. We'd all love a coach like that, I'm sure. But how much of a rebuild are we going to need 
to to perform to that sort of level in the Premier League. We, there's that's another comment uh, uh, is a yes man. And next season we got Premier and Cotrone up front. For me though, Dan, <laughs> on that when you talk about that style, and again, not that I agree with it, but you could argue you could argue Bielsa's at that style with a far inferior squad than what we've got now, and. They're exciting to watch. I know. I know. There's all this leads of the media, darlings. Fuck it, I'll watch them every week. They, you know, I'll, you know. There's goals. You know, it's action. You know, it's this and it's that. And um, it's it's not. It's almost yet. Yeah, sometimes you might not have the players like you know leads like they haven't got the they haven't got the squad to be. They they should okay. Leeds should not be finishing above Wolves. Fact, and they've done it. At a canter, finished higher than us, more points, and the style's been a lot more impressive. So I think actually having that intent to go out on the front foot by just being positive, you create because you're playing 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, you create your own look, you further up the pitch, like there's less margin for error. So that's the big frustration with you know, is it has been safety first, but like I'm not contradicting myself when I'm saying I'm, I'm all right with pragmatic football as long as you're winning, but when you talk about the tools for the job. That lead squad with any other manager, they, 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 you know, I don't think they'd survive the Premier League. If Nuno had that lead squad, again, this is controversial. If Nuno had that lead squad, I don't think he'd keep them up. I think as well, when we look at the three seasons we've had in the Premier League and you look at the goal scored column, very, very low in three seasons. So that's not coincidence, in my opinion. It's not coincidence when it's three out of three. Um, but then you look at Traore. Neto, Jota, Jimenez. Okay, Jimenez this season, we'll discount that. But the two seasons previous where we've had Jimenez, Jota and Traore for a full season, you're telling me he couldn't, or another coach couldn't have got more attacking output out of those three players? Because in my, I think they're very, very talented and they're, you know, they, they can offer a lot going forward if allowed. Um, but I think because Again, I will say the handbrake football that shows why the goals for column for Wolves for the last three seasons has been amongst the lowest in the league. And I don't think that's got anything to do with the squad. I genuinely feel that's tactical. Because imagine if, I don't know, Brendan Rodgers, imagine if Brendan Rodgers had Jimenez, Traore and Neto slash Jota as a front three. Would they be scoring the same amount of goals that we've scored over the last three seasons? I know it's all hypothetical and nobody will ever know the real answer, but I believe no. not. No, no, you've, you've Hypothetically, would, would those managers have, have been more um, defensively better than what Nuno has for us last few seasons? Oh, that's the flip side, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's I was going to add to that as well and say, like, those seventh place finishes, you look at it, yes, the football could have been more attractive, but we were winning football games playing the pragmatic style. Fair enough, like I said, sort of results business. I genuinely don't think that Nuno could have got any more out of the squad than us finishing seventh. I truly believe we bottled it last year with the, where we got to after 33 games. I generally thought we could have come fourth last year and it didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. But um, I don't think, I've, basically, I think that Nuno's got the most out of this squad and it. I don't think any other manager could get more out of this squad of players we've currently got this current crop. 
but that's where foes need to put the money in the in the back pocket. And now whoever's coming in, the comments are saying, you know, Nuno got told five days ago they want to go in a new direction. If foes want to go, they want the club to go in a new direction. We've referenced it already. We need to spend big this summer because Everton are, have gone ahead of us now again. West Ham, Leeds, Villa. And these are massive clubs where, whether you like it or not, or whatever you think about Villa, and I know Luke don't think Leeds are a massive, massive club, but it's... Um, there, there is there is an attractive or if not more attractive proposition than Wolverhampton Wanderers right now, and that's just the fact. So in, we in, we need a big sorry. summer, massive summer. In in regards to um, no other manager being able to get more out of this squad, I want to disagree on that because I think sometimes managers just naturally reach a ceiling, and I think Nuno has reached his ceiling. You know, I don't. Could you imagine Nuno finishing third, fourth, fifth consistently with? a club like Spurs. Um, I think it's the same with Mick McCarthy. As he did a fantastic job. But I'm still adamant, the the moment the final whistle went um, against Doncaster at home, when we got promoted from the Championship, that's the last game of the season, he should have been given the bullet. And I know it's harsh and it would have been savage, but that's Mick McCarthy's ceiling. Top of the Championship, bottom six of the Prem. But more than likely, bottom three of the Prem when he's managed in there. Because, and that's no disrespect to Mick McCarthy and the job that he did, he just reached his ceiling as a manager. And I think that if a new manager came in, yes, we do need a couple of additions, but I don't think he needs to completely rip the squad up and start again. I mean, if he does, then he does, and we just have to go along with it. But if he didn't, and maybe got rid of four or five and brought in, say, five or six you know, not major overhaul. Um, I still think you've got a squad there that with correct coaching and a bit, a few tactical tweets finishes in the top six or seven. Well, let's say between fifth and fifth and eighth, quite comfortably. Because you can't tell me that. that. I'll, I'll just jump in. I'm absolutely savage sacking McCarthy for Doncaster there. It's... <laughs> You look back to those seasons under McCarthy. If I, give, I think he finished fifteenth in his first season. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. And then right, second yeah. season, um, he has to get the likes of Denver Bar and Yaron Kabay, and Steve Morgan doesn't get him. I, I feel it's a similar situation there, where the our managers reach their ceiling and then don't get back to go again, and then they, they ultimately fail because they're not backed. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, you, you could argue that equally as well. And even though I sit on the other side of the fence, I could sit here and say, oh, no, you're totally wrong. Because quite equally, that could have happened as well. I mean, I'd be very surprised. I mean, again, if Mick McCarthy managed, let's say, Newcastle, who was established in the Prem at that time, would he have been any better than, you know, would he have got a club like Newcastle or Palace or Southampton top 10? Probably not. It comes back down to the the same old argument again of, did Nuno hang himself by sticking so rigidly to his small squad mantra, or was, or was he offered players by Fosen and he he said no, or were Fosen looking for the wrong? Fosen weren't getting the players that Nuno wanted, because <clears throat> we've all, we all we can all agree that the last few windows have have not progressed us as a, as a team when we're signing. Marcel who hasn't progressed us when we're, when we're having to like scramble about to get William Jose who's offered absolutely nothing to the team whatsoever like absolutely fucking nothing at all and 
for like the last two years, any Wolves fan of any sort can see that like in midfield we need more creativity in midfield. And then we go to Porto and get Vitinha and he just doesn't play until like the last couple of weeks of the season. So again, as George says, this might not come out in the wash until like later on, but there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect there between what between what the manager wants and then what foes are willing willing to do. And um yeah, I've I've just saw the comments pop up, I think you know, saying that Essentially, it seems like it's veering towards like well, if the comments to be believed anyway, it seems like it was more. It's becoming less mutually agreed and more leaning towards a sacking by the sounds of it. But um, whether that's just folks and being ruthless, they don't, they don't care that it's a, a pandemic or what. They just want to. They just want to progress. But um, yeah, I think with the summer again, we've got as we've already said. It's just going to be. It could be a massively up, up a massive upheaval this this summer, because we've got so many players who you know we see as not good enough, or, or, or already classed as like your Deadwoods, like your, your Marcells and what have you, um, and the Joses who are going to go back anyway. So this small squad mantra, I think, is going to be ripped up. But then for that to happen, how many players are we looking at coming in realistically? Not to improve quality and <clears throat> quantity. So, I think it, uh, an extra three on top of what leaves. So if eight leave and we bring eleven in, I think it's you've, massive, you've, massive swing, four, isn't it? Though? Only two might leave, and then we bring five in. <clears throat> you know, it, it could all come down to being as simple as with all this obviously we, we've come on here live we're doing it 50 odd minutes there's more comments coming out now with Nash and all that we can see coming through it could quite easily be or could, could quite simply be as simple as Fosen of do not trust Nuno with the, 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 their budget anymore it could be as simple as that and we don't know who's got the overall say on transfers or not but it could just be right and again, all hypothetical. Nuno's had the say on every every sign we've had. Apparently, what you're led to believe is turned down people like Ol- um, Danny Olmo and Orisic, who's at Zagreb, um, and then he wants to sign Pedence. You know, you can see now it's not. You know, well, you just have to look at the trajectories of the careers. Could be true, could not be true. If if they're the guys, that, you know, if if Nuno has got the final say, Fozer might just be saying you haven't spent our money good well enough. And that it could be as simple as that, and um, it it just seems like now with with the position where we are, maybe it's an easy cop out for Fosen to go. Let's shake hands, and you go set, go your separate ways now. But ultimately, it could come down to they just don't trust um, Nuno with that budget anymore. That's a, have you seen that comment that's just come through? Yeah, I, what's that? That's interesting. That is months of friction. Olsen initiated Nuno's exit from Wolves after months of friction behind the scenes. John Percy telegraphed, take it with a pinch of salt. I think John Percy's usually on the money, though, to be fair. Usually usually gospel if it comes from him. You you look at all the problems that we've had this season with, you know, Nuno's been vocal in in the media, hasn't he? The amount of injuries that we had, you know, missing fans, you know, not being able to get that vitamin D break, that the Wolves under Nuno love doing in the mid-season. Um, 
his, his manner during the defeat at home to the Albion, where we're all flipping, ready to blow up the city, and he's just sat on his arse, sulking. There's definitely something been going on behind the scenes, hasn't that? His desire for me to have a small squad is what's cost him ultimately. But for me, his desire to have a small squad, Fausto should have backed him with quality in a small squad, not just a decent 11 or 12 and relying on kids. So I still the fingers going to be pointed at Post and Fausto uh, to a degree. What, what's your sort of feelings towards Fausto at the moment, guys? I think they need to fucking pull the finger out of their arse and start communicating a little bit more. I think oh, yeah, the, the, way, the way it's going, Jeff could be the new manager. He's doing everything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh. never For me, it's just when when everything was going well, and again, it could just be all coincidence. When everything was going well, you obviously had Laurie Dalrymple who was in the Hogshead buying pinch. Jeff was buying the drinks. It was all this, all that. At least once every quarter, Jeff she'd come out Wolves TV, do a do a press conference. Yeah, this is the plan. This is that we're still on the right path. We're doing this, doing that. <laughs> First time, first sign of struggle. There's not been any communication from the club, and then what do they do? The forty-five quid for Man United ticket. Like the, 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 whatever's got, whatever's happening, this friction. There could be more to it than that. It just feels like they're just so disconnected from. And I think the I think the pandemic's a big factor of that because we're not in the stadiums. But for me, I, I feel so disconnected as a Wolves fan right now. And and this sounds bad. We've had it a lot worse, but this, like it's fucking. It's I think it's awful. I think it's a poorly well how it is at the moment this season. I think it's been a poor season all round, on the pitch and off the pitch. I think this summer will tell us exactly all we need to know about Falson without them even releasing any statements or attending any press conferences. Um, I mean, I've I've said it for a couple of months now. They said whatever about wanting to emulate Man City and be this, that and the other, European football on a consistent basis. Mm. <sighs> on one hand, you can't knock what they've done because they have transformed the club in a positive way. But then at the same time, with the noise that was coming out of Falson and Jeff Shea and whoever else, when they first took over, I still think that they haven't done as much as they could have like net spend of two or three million pound last last summer, <coughs> piss take. Um, but I think so. I think this summer would have pointed us in the in the direction of where Falson are going to take us as a club anyway. With what we would have seen in the transfer market, I think with Nuno going, it shows us even more now exactly what they're about. Because not only have they got to get the playing staff right, they've got to get the coaching staff right as well. Yeah, and there's a, there's all that stuff as well in the China about. Overseas investment, where they've got to, they've basically got to invest so much within their own economy before they can spend their asset on their assets at like worldwide and stuff. So that could be a massive factor as well. That whether you're thinking Fosen are doing it on the cheap, it could just be political. Like it could just be that's you know, and they lo, lo and behold, they actually might want to sell the club if they could now, because if if these restrictions in China are as strict as what them you believe them to be, they might have the hands tied behind the back. But you bang on. This summer, like for me, Jeff She needs to come out, or whoever, someone from Frozen needs to come out. These are our objectives now. I don't mind if the goal post shift. If they say, look, pandemic, we can't we can't invest as much money overseas as we thought we could originally because of the Chinese government. We just want to solidify in the Premier League for the next three seasons. 
So if we, if we come between 8th and 15th for the next three seasons, yeah, it could get a bit boring, a bit stale. Like, we almost become like the Charlton of the 90s and the early 2000s. But if they come out and say, look, this is our financial situation. We can't do that anymore. We want to solidify and our ambition is to do that. There just needs a bit of communication because we're all thinking, well, shit, we're, in, we're, we're regressing. Two seventh-place finishes, FA Cup semi-final, Europa League quarter-final. This season has been far from that. And we've not we've not looked like a top-10 club for me for most of the season. So you need to come out and address it. Well, if, Inter's, if it's not in, changed. Inter's owners of um, their Chinese, I think they've come out and said that they're, they're, they're struggling on the financial side as well. So I think you might, it could, could be something around that, but... You talk about communication. I just saw a bit another a message there come through. You know, con, you know as we are live as well, um, the backroom staff are all going with Nuno. So that's 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 one oh. question. That's one question that's been cleared up. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so it's, um, Spears has just tweeted saying that they're all they're all going as well. So that's one that's one. Que- so we obviously we were talking earlier about what's going to happen. What will all the backroom staff with the player, you know, what will what the next manager do? Well, there you go. Whoever's going to come in next, and Paolo Fonseca's name has been mentioned, but whoever comes in next has got to bring all his own his own guys with him. That's that, that a player advantage anyway. Yeah, it, it does need a fresh start, doesn't it? I think. Um, but that, now you just mentioned there about Spears as well. This shows you as well about, and I'm, I'm not, you know, he's had a lot of sick on Twitter. I'm not going, I'm just saying in general, like, I think he tweeted about what Wolves need to do next season, and about forty-five minutes later, oh, Nuno's gone. Like, 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 it's just a bit. That's what I mean. The disconnect from even like the the journo's can't get in a bit of insight in the club. And don't get me wrong; it shouldn't be like footballers' wise where they're like writing all the every little thing that goes on. But that's what I mean. That's the most frustrating thing for me is I feel disconnected as a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan right now, and whether whether they care or not. Who care? You know they probably don't care really about me, but I'm sure a lot of fans feel the same way as me. You've got to you've got to address that as much as you've got to address the on-field stuff. Please address the off-field stuff because we just want honesty and we want transparency. And that that's the truth. Right. Let's let's just have one quick segment before we go for our um, designated podcast network break. <laughs> under the Nuno, what? Is the most hurtful moment under uh, Nuno's tenure for you as a as a, as a Wolves fan? Because there's there's quite a few that you can pick out, but what's the one that hurt you the most? I'll come to you, Jordan first. I'll come to Jordan first. I said. Oh my. <laughs> um, the obvious one's the FA Cup semi final. I knew he copied my fucking answer. No, that is. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just you know. The, I think. Of, yeah, I'll never I'll say I'll never forgive him for it. He bottled that game. Whether you love him or not, he bottled it. Wrong wrong substitutions. That's what you get for still answer. I'll come to you quickly because Jordan is he, he's, is he thinking? He's just, he's, he's just had a, a, a case of PTSD and he's back at Wembley seeing Delafayu score <laughs> again. <laughs> now I'm back. Sorry, lads. No, yeah, I just think he... Whatever you think of Nuno, love him. Well, obviously people love him. He did bottle that game. I don't care if you're the biggest Nuno fan in the world. He bottled that game. End of. 
Was it a bottling or was it just... It was a bottling. Bad because who knew? Look, we got think... 10 minutes to go. Was, hey, was it a bottling? He was just... I don't think he bottled that. I don't think... I think bottle, I think bottling, I know it's a common term. I think that's a bit harsh on him. I just think he just badly managed to get... He just made, he just made the wrong subs, basically. He just made the wrong subs. He didn't bottle anything as such, you know, by... A, a player can bottle something, really, but a manager, he just made the wrong subs. And don't forget, I mean, no... <laughs> We were a, we were a, a mistimed Dendonka challenge away from getting in the final. He, he seems to have got off relatively lightly off the back of this, if you all think that. Because we could have been in our first FA Cup final for decades. No one, there wasn't any like days or weeks and months of endless Dendonka abuse. It was just bollocks that we were so close to getting to the FA Cup final. But everything kind of we were, there, we were practically we were practically like a whole three quarters of the way over the finishing line to get to a final. And he's, we've just one mistimed challenge has just meant that we, we've you know we've fucked it basically. And yes, then because of the, the bad subs, we then couldn't change extra time. But yeah, I do think it's a bit off to say that he bottled it. He oh. just he just managed it incorrectly, didn't he? Really, he fucking bottled it. <laughs> and you know what? And you know what you said about there. You know what? Then Donka can fuck off as well. There you go. <laughs> I don't have to get Caballero trying to fucking river dance the ball into the back of the net. Yeah, think, for, for, for me, one of the hurtful moments. I mean, it's not even like that major thing, really. But it's like just throwing cup games that really pisses me off. Like, like, like league cup games or like FA cup games. Like we've had this season when he's just like chucked like a seventh string team together against Southampton or something. When we've got when we've got nothing else to play for. What are you doing? Like. These things, re- it really knocks me because I love a cup run. I bloody love a cup run, I do. But when I just see him just chucking, chucking cup games for nothing, it just it really pisses me off. And I just, we seem to do all the time, like league cups and everything. A lot of the big teams don't really take much notice of it. And we're only, we're only win a handful of games, and you got you got a, you know Wembley final to go to. I just wish that like for once that a manager would like. Take like the league, like take the cup seriously, and that's why you know, yes, the FA Cup semi final does it because we actually got far in it, and you know, we, we could have gone even further. But, um, yeah, look for me, look, looking past the obvious of like F- Wembley and Albion games, or whatever, I just, just think just chucking cup games for me is just really something really, really pisses me off, Ben. Yeah, okay. I think the FA Cup semi-final is going to live live long in the uh, hatred of many Wolves fans. Give, give me a different example, Luke, for, uh, just to annoy some other people. Let's get angry before we bring some enjoyment back to the podcast. For me, it was his body language against Albion at home this season. I'll never forget that. 3-2 down with 15-20 minutes to go. He managed that game terribly. I remember sitting there watching, thinking, what shape are we playing? What's... What's the game plan? What are the tactics? We're losing to the shit. We haven't played in almost a decade. We're losing at home as well. And let's bear in mind, VIR's already pissed me off earlier with that shit penalty that they give for Bolly bloody breezing past Pereira, was it all? CR7 on the line and they give a penalty. But, you know, so the game's already shit. It's bad enough. And... The team needs a bit of encouragement, a bit of inspiration, a bit of drive. And Nuno's just sitting there with his arms folded, like like we're playing Barnsley. I'm in the second round of the Carling Cup. He bottled it, Luke. He bottled it, Luke. (laughs) And and that, for me, 
I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive that. I really don't. I just think the body, like, it's Albion at home. Like, you say you're a man of the club and you feel the club and you feel the city, this, that, and you're back. You, you've got to feel that fixture. And I don't think he did. If Molyneux was full, it would have been toxic. I generally think it would have been horrible. The family would have been mental at him. Yeah, Gully would have been chucking his season ticket at him, wouldn't he? From the family enclosure. Martin's <laughs> just put a good one in the comment section. The, the manner of our defeat at Chelsea away last game of the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know, we only needed a point, didn't we? And we was guaranteed Europe. And I know Sanford Bridge is a hard place to go. We die like a glove on them. They've so much on the line for us there, that game, wasn't there? So much, so, much, so much we could have, so much we could have reaped, and like if we'd have turned up. But I mean, we were just, like, the first goal could have been a goal anyway because it was never fair on Mason Mate, and we've been done there again by the refs and VAR and whatever else. But to not even go there and lay a glove on them, and after this, this, the positive <clears> we got the season before as well, when we only lost it in like the ninety fourth minute to a Hazard Thunder cunt from outside the box, did we? Yeah. So, and, and at that point, like we didn't fear those sort of clubs, then did we? Like Chelsea away, you, you always thought, you know what, we could get some today. Whereas Actually, obviously, before under McCarthy and Dave Jones, you get to Chelsea away, you just want to keep it underneath. You just want to keep the goal different stand, are you? Yeah. Under now, you know. And again, credit to him. This is what we have to respect him for. He did give us that belief that we can go to Chelsea, we can go to Arsenal, we can go to Tottenham, we can get a result. But we've so much on the line, and and like I said, we've never even laid a glove on him. Mm, yeah. I'm just going to add my two pennies before we go to the break. One of the, the things that sort of hurts the most is pretty much Wolves after Project Restart. We just never seem to really get going again. Like that seemed to be the point where the handbrake was fully cemented into the. Uh, the drive shaft or whatever mechanics say, I don't know, in the bad cars, I don't know, I think. But the, the two two defeats away to, sorry, the defeat away at Sheffield United and then the draw away at Burnley. Did we draw to Burnley lose in the end? Drew, didn't we? No, we drew. drew. Yeah, we drew. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like Penna, Yeah, we drew yeah. to Burnley. And, look, we, and, we, and we chucked it against yeah, Arsenal. Look at those two games. We, we were nil-nil. Yeah, that Arsenal game was so pivotal that we were looking at that, 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 that seemed to be like a, a, a standard three points that was coming our way. How well we played against them previously. Yeah. And ever since we went into lockdown and come back, we just ain't been the same walls under Nuno. And uh, yeah, that's one of the, the biggest frustrations that we've had because who knows what would have happened if we, we could have took fans to um, Olympiacos and Severe in that knockout stage. We had momentum, didn't we? So that's, that's something that will always be... Uh, Difficult to look back at. We'll go for a quick break and then we'll uh, come back to discuss some happy times with Nuno and preview the Man United game right after this. Right, welcome back. Thanks to our sponsors, the Sports Shop Kings Winford and Pixel Yeti Media. Guys, let's get it for a few minutes. Spent over an hour being negative and worrying and, you know, the Star Wars phase. Uh, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate and all that bollocks. Let's share some happy memories under the new now tenure. I took over four years ago in Austria. Started off with a 1-0 win against Werder Bremen. And then the rest is history. What, what's your favourite memories looking back quickly? Uh, I'll come to you first, Luke. 
Um, Cardiff away. And do you know that passion he showed at the final whistle? We, that noon, I was not with us anymore. I really, it, it, it seems like a different it really, it feels like we haven't had that new now for quite a while now. Because, and who did we play when he got booked for running down the line? Was it Leicester? At all? Leicester, yeah, the Leicester three game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that either new now we've got any more. So they just mentioned that you know, look at the Cardiff game. Look at the the exuberance that he had when he went running on the pitch. The the enjoyment of the win away at Middlesbrough. Yeah. And you look at him the last year. He looks age ten years. Yeah, he does. He does. He does look like his age. And I know management does age managers, and they do. You know, you look at a manager. Like we'll look at Lampard. Or, no, not Lampard. He yeah, got a job. I say, look at Gerard. He's about three years time. You think, fucking hell, the god, he looks old now. But um, yeah, when it when it's three years of Wolves and slighting him everywhere because we are winning <laughs> the Premier League every year. But that passion and at that time, it really felt like. You know, all that one pack. We actually did feel like one pack then. Mm. Siege mentality. Yeah. That's what it was. He built yeah. siege mentality. Yeah. It's gone. And, and just seeing his passion on the sideline. And, you know, that's just two examples. <laughs> we could probably name 20. Um, 20 examples of where he's really sort of erupted in passion on the sideline. Couldn't tell you the last time he looked like that. He looked... And with all due respect, you know, I'm not trying to, to slander him or, or slag him off, but I feel like this season, it looks like he can't be asked. Yeah, it's just gone. That's, that's what I said before. It looks like he's not having fun anymore. He's just gone for it. I think, for me, that, that highlight, there's like numerous highlights you could pick from, like Championship, the Bristol game, the Cardiff game, the Middlesbrough game. They're all ones where he's shown passion. How much did we? How much did we love Nuno at uh, Bristol City away <clears throat> when he's gone up Class. into the director's box? He's pissing off all the Bristol City director's boxes right in the faces. Jeff's having Class. to like march him out back into the, the box. Fantastic! You know we love that. Fantastic. Same for Middlesbrough's on the pitch after the game. Cardiff, we all we all know about that. Yeah, as you, as you said, Luke Leicester four three is. He's down. He's you know he's just he's sprinting past the subs, just as quick as quick as a dharma. He's past them and he's on. He's, he's jumping like moth pin and on top of Ryan Bennett and everyone else. Fantastic. For me, the best game I've ever had with Nuno, and it pretty much brought a tear to my afterwards was the Man City game three two alone. Purely because that was just everything we love about Wolves and football, football. in ninety minutes. That football. was yeah. That was, for us personally, we've been wronged, you know, with the VAR and all that. We won't get into it, but we've been wronged by that. And that just, that, that made the game for, for the crowd. The player, we, you know, we, we were with the players. Every single person in that crowd wanted to be on that pitch with the players. You could see Nuno was, get, was, was animated all match long. And then to come back and win it and, He's, and Nuno's doing his usual to the, to the safe bank after the game. I was emotional just how that game panned out. And that's just the one thing. If ever I, if ever I catch you, like the highlights of it on like a Twitter feed or it's on Sky or something, I will sit and I will watch that game again, fully again, just because that game that like we got through Nuno was just fantastic. I just hold that game in such like best moments in my footballing life ever. It was fantastic. 
beating Liverpool in the FI Cup, Jordan, or <laughs> such class you are, mate. Uh... <laughs> now, nah, for me, Man United in the cup. <laughs> Man United in the cup for me. Um, I've never known an atmosphere like it. Like they, yeah. they'd come, like you know, they, when we played Man United again, we didn't fear anyone. We were in that, but th- that's when Ollie just gone in. He's gone on that run. And the thing that resonates with me, that whole game is, you know, we know what United are like as away fans. I think they're like probably the best away fans in the country. Um, they're all singing Ollie's, Ollie's at the wheel for like 65 minutes, all game. And it was just the atmosphere was just electric. And then the one thing that'll never leave me till the day I die was Jota scoring. And like, I've never heard a sound like it. It's like, like almost like cat's fight. It was like squeal, high pitched. It was just, it was nuts. I was in the Steve Blupper and I almost ended up in the Man United fans down the bottom. Everyone just like crescendo down. It was, it was hugging people. Like you just, it was just that moment. And this is what I mean where I think that it's, I think it's okay to think that, you know, where people say they want Nuno out. I think it's okay to say I want Nuno out. And I know there's a lot of people that are attacking people. I've seen some comments say, I just, I hate it. Oh, look what all the Nuno outers wanted. You've got what you wish for. Like there's nothing wrong with, accepting something was great and wanting to be better or wanting something different. Again, I didn't want Nuno to go. But when, you know, when people have been like so staunch Nuno out, I think you've got to remember these good times. And I, and I know a lot of people do, and I'm not pointing that out, that you're being brattish by saying you want him out. I think it's absolutely fair. But I, what I hate the most is, careful what you wish for. Look what you lot have done. You really yeah. think that, you really think that Jeff She gives a shit what Stu said on the podcast three weeks ago? <laughs> You don't listen to the podcast. I don't. Yeah, you know, no one listens to the podcast. That's why. <laughs> We're massive, Luke. What are you on about? Huge. No one listens. <laughs> if Andre Booty was still here, he'd listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I agree you with that. You don't get to be a billionaire conglomerate company without knowing what your customers are saying on social media. <laughs> I'm sure, Jeff. Yeah. A burner account on Facebook that he uses to connect with fans on Dingles, I would. Just his burner account is Kev Wolf. You know, there's been there's been many amazing amazing moments under Nuno, and and a part of, and that's why a part of me is glad that it's ended now and in this way. So we will always look back on the good moments. Because imagine if we if we would have started poorly next season, you know the Nuno in Nuno out civil war was bad enough this season. Imagine how bad it would have been next season, and then I just think it would have tarnished his legacy. But I think with the way it's ended, like it's it's positive from both parties, from the fans, and hopefully Nuno's when Nuno looks back on Wolves, he looks back on it in fondness. Um. I just think we've, it is what it is now. It's happened. There's no point sitting on Twitter or Facebook arguing with fucking Dave from Dudley and Colin from Castlecroft. Barry from Bradmore. <laughs> What's the point now? It's happened. And my concern is that we get a new gaffer and people are that are so blinded by their love for Nuno, they won't accept him. Yeah. But whoever the gaffer is next season, 
whether it's IVB and you're buzzing or it's Eddie Howe and you're pissed off or underwhelmed, you've just got to back him, keep it zipped and just just watch what Falson do because that's that's the telling thing that is. Yeah, that's a big thing for me as well. We need to get back into where we just spoke about the good times with Nuno, that siege mentality, the one-pack thing, I know it's core as it sounds. Like, whoever comes in, back them, back them. Nuno's gone. That, that ain't changing. Whoever comes in, some people are going to be happy, some people are going to be pissed off because everyone's going to be like, oh, why didn't we hire? I know there was like a big call for like Jesse Marsh, who went from, he's gone to Leipzig now. Yeah, great, he'd have been good, obviously. But whoever comes in, just back them. Everyone get behind the team. And you've got to trust whether, you know, like I say, we've we've said on here, we're not exactly trusting the foes at the minute. Just trust what's happening. We've got to back it. And if it goes tits up, then we can kick and scream. But give whoever comes in a fair chance. Defo. And no. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with what said about... It's good in there that it's <clears throat> that it's out in the open. That we all know we all know where we stand there, don't we? And that's the main thing. It's, it's they've been in a in a way, a weird way, a bit transparent. You know, we know where we stand now. That they've they've already said he's going. You don't, and as Luke said, you don't want him to to stick. If it's not working behind the scenes, no point sticking around, eating into your own legacy. Then just if if that if this is what's going to be fine. We've all agreed now, mutually agreed. We're part in our ways. And in a weird way, it's good actually that he's not, if, if the report's true, it's good that he's not going straight into a new job because you know that if he, if he walks into a new job straight away, all the, all the Nuno lovers will be straight, on, that, on that straight away. Oh, look, he's gone to so-and-so, so-and-so. And they'll be fixated on that team for a bit to see how Nuno's getting on. If he's having a break, brilliant, fine. Hey, it might stop everyone being excited with Jota, myself included, because I ain't seen him score, I do. <laughs> Great comment by the Vinyl Revival. And I said it to my, a few of my friends earlier, nobody's bigger than the club. Nobody's bigger than Wolverhampton Wonders. It doesn't matter whether we've got Nuno, Spirito Santo in charge, Mick McCarthy, um, Kieran from the Dog and Duck Managing Wolves, Premier League or other Fairless Park will still keep supporting them. Let's quickly um, just touch on this weekend's game at home to Man United. Last game of the season. It's been a frustrating season. What's the sort of reaction in the ground towards Nuno and Fausto? Do you think do you think there'll be many people who uh, go to meet the coach on arrival on Sunday to give Nuno a bit more of a send off, or is, is that something that's just a bit far fetched? No, I think people. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. I think there could be. I could be. I think there could be. I know there's been a lot of negativity about the game. That forty-five quid now looks like it worth every penny for me. Now I haven't got a ticket, but I think fair enough. Now you go in, you can give them send off. I genuinely think that there could be the scenario where people talk about gathering outside the ground and the Waterloo Road to protest. That should be happening to celebrate him. You know what I mean? Like I could, you know, what I mean? Like there should be more than four and a half thousand outside that stadium on Sunday. And it's a shame that it's not a full house, but where, where, wherever you are with Nuno, um, in terms of, again, that spectrum, like, even if you wanted him gone, I think there's a respect there and he deserves, he deserves the world for me still. So I, I think he should get the best send off possible. I'm just gutted that he's not doing it in front of 30,000. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, 
the reception he'll get will be as low as four and a half thousand fans can make it. I think he'll have a unanimously good send off. There might be like the odd couple of hundred who make who haven't got a ticket and might make a special trip down there to like say to welcome him into the, uh, when the coaches turn up. Yeah, it's a shame. And as with other managers that are leaving, like Hodgson and everything, you know, they're not going to get the send off they probably should have had. But you know, we are we are where we are with that. And it's a shame that the, you know the, the best manager that we've had for a, a while in Nuno is going to be just clapped off by a smattering of people at the end of at the end of a game. But <clears throat> sadly, that's 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 all it will be. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, these four and a half thousand people that will be there, you know, they're the ones who get to get to see him off, get him a good send off, and I'm I'm sure he'll get one. I've, I, this is why I think it's a good move and positive for both parties. It's much better to go out this way than by being sacked or doing the dirty and and taking another job whilst doing an half decent job here, like because I I hope the water of the road is packed. And I hope we do show him how much we appreciate everything that he's done for us because I would probably say I lead more towards Nuno out at parts at stages this season. Um, I was happy to give him the first seven games of, of next season, but if you ask me, I probably would have said Nuno out. But that still doesn't take away from the joy that he's given me over the last four seasons, four or five seasons, as a Wolves fan. And he's taken this club to a new level. So we can we should never ever forget that. But it's time to move on. It's just time to go our separate ways. At least it's a mutual split. And no one's going to be arguing over who gets custody of the kids. I don't know. There's plenty of kids on Twitter who would like to get in my mentions uh, tonight, as usual. Um, <laughs> what's your sort of feelings on the game, Sunday? Is it a game that the players need to step up now to give them the centre they need? We, we need to put a win in for him on Sunday. Imagine if the players this free flowing attacking football now. He just comes out and sort of rips up the game plan. Fuck this! This is what we can do. That would be. Fun, <laughs> well, what, what would be amazing if Marcel gets ninety minutes in? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it would be nice if the players. Well, you'd like to think the players would put hundred percent in anyway. But with it being me and I was last game, you know, trying let's try and send him off on a. What better way to to leave than fucking beating Man United? And there's one thing that I did see, again, on Wikipedia, so don't shoot me down if you're wrong, it will be his 199th game in charge of Wolves. Uh, and the, the OCD in me is going mad. <laughs> to, finish, to finish on 199? It is a shame. I could be wrong, but that's what I saw on Wikipedia. He's on 198, so our manual will be his 199th game in charge. I won't be happy with that. I'd negotiate a one-game contract with Jeff next season. <laughs> Can't he wouldn't have bottled the FA Cup semi-final or the cup game against Southampton or the cup game against Villa last season, he might have got to 200. <laughs> I think the, um, the the game on Sunday, to be fair, before all this happened, before the, all this news come out, I... I've, it was going to be a bit of a nothing game. I know it's Man United, but it's going to be Man United in name. It's good. They've got the they've got a final couple of days after our game. They're going to be playing like can Gary Palace. They'll be playing Gary Pallister at the back and whatever you know. They're, 
Bosnich will be in goal. They'll, they'll be putting the reserves out because why would they risk the first team? They just wouldn't. So, I mean, it's added a bit of flavour now to what would have probably been a bit of a stale game, if I'm honest. And that would have been in keeping with the season anyway, let's, let's face it. So, it should just be like a bit of a celebration of Nuno. Um, yeah, it'd probably be a bit like us to like turn up and swap, swap, swap their reserves aside 3-0 with like Fabio Silva getting the hat-trick and then he goes off to summer to get buff, as Luke says. <laughs> Listen, right, you all laughed at me when I said about three months ago, he's going to, in pre-season, get a sleeve tattoo, get on the weights and he's going to come back wham as fuck and he's going to get a sleeve <laughs> Wham as fuck. Right. What picture did I put in today? Has he got a sleeve or has he not? He's, all, he's halfway there, Luke. He's halfway there's, there. There's stage one of the process. When they all report to pre-season training next season, in when will they come back? Like mid-July? He'll look like Mr. Universe. And he's, he's been to Jimmy Trim's. He's a player, let me tell you. Didn't you say Ty was going to sort him out down Paragon? Yeah, yeah, he's got a good down Paragon. <laughs> Leg day, chest day, every day. I'm telling you, what, you wait and see. I'll wait. Right, I'm going to put it on you. Get your crystal balls out. 12 months from now, when we're roughly doing the end of season review podcast for next season, where are we? In the Champions League. Jordan's just put a bit of a screw face on, so I'm going to come to him first. Uh, It's what I said at the start, and I think generally it could go one or two ways. I don't think it's going to be indifferent. I think it's going to be fun. Either going to be fun for us because we're going to fucking piss the league and get up back up in the European spots <clears throat> or it's going to be funny for everyone else because we're fucking languishing like <laughs> it could be one of two um I'll be positive I'll say we'll be sick position with Rafa at the wheel Rafa's at the wheel <laughs> I reckon <clears throat> Well, some some random positivity in me. It just says that I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be all right. I think we're back in a comfortable home of seventh position this time next year with Miss Senor Ayanother from Portugal in charge of the team. And uh, I don't know. Something just says to me that we're gonna go balls deep in the summer. So I think I, I reckon we'll be all right. Blind positivity, folks. <laughs> blind positivity that's what I'm telling you next next slide please I, I think we're going to be just fine I really do um, I, I hope we get AVB or Conte so that's top of my wish list and I think we're going to I can see us finishing 7th 8th but playing good football along the way we'll score how many goals have we scored this season Thanks, well. Well. four Twelve, <laughs> <laughs> or at least fifteen goals more than we have done the last couple of seasons. Um, finish about eighth. We'll have one good cup run where we get to a semi final, and every everything's going to be fine, man. It really is. again. But if it's if it's not fine, there's only one place to point the finger. You, Mister J. Folsom. I think the only way we fuck this up is if Folsom don't back the new manager. 
think that's fair. Right, I'm going to give you my two penneth and then we're going to call it a night because it's probably been one of the longest podcasts we've done in a while. Fosun are going back to the original plan, going for Julian Lopetegui this summer. They're going to pay him out of Sevilla and he's going to get us back in the European places next season. You heard it here first. Thank you guys for spending your time with me tonight on a Friday night. Um, everyone for commenting in the comments section. Remember to like, comment and subscribe. To subscribe, lads. It's free. We are that bad lads. We, we appear on social media a lot of the time. Uh, we've got a charity football match a week on uh, Monday for the Mental Health Charity Mind. We're playing against the likes of Talking Wolves, uh, Always Wolves, Wandering Wolf, uh, Nick Speakman, founder of Sport, for global head of social media at Man United and a few other people. You can uh, help us donate to the cause at justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Wolves Fancast. What's your opinions on that? Are you feeling towards that, guys? I know me and Lou have been on the kebab meat and chips last couple of nights. How are the rest of you feeling? As I said before, I'm like Ledley King. I'll just turn up on the night. Look, I, don't fuck about, I don't fuck about with training. I'll just, just tell me where to go and I'll play. Yeah. And I'll give I'll... you 100% for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a Rolls Royce in there over at Ella's Hall. So I can't wait to be in the middle of that park. At Molyneux and kick someone in the air, basically. <laughs> I think we've all pretty much played at Molyneux, haven't we? And, you, and when you get out there, you realise, fuck, it's actually quite a big pitch. It's even big when you've got flipping little legs like me. I'm all I'm, I'm thinking one run around the centre circle and I'm going to be done. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it should, be, it should be a great day. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, yeah, it's a game that we. It's a game that we can't afford to lose, lads. There's a lot riding on it. We've been raising a lot of money for charity. But at the end of the day, it's bragging rights on social media come full-time whistle. Yeah, well, that's, that's it, isn't it? And I just hope that I hope that um, the kebab meat and chips are doing you and Luke wonders, mate, to be fair. I hope there's like some... Uh, I hope it's like Canelo steak. I hope it's got some fuel, in there. You are fuel. We'll be fine, mate. Luke, like I always say, Form is temporary, class is permanent. We'll exactly. turn up on the day. You two just do your job and then worry about us afterwards. Yeah, and on yeah, that now, thanks yeah, everyone man. for watching. Thank you again to our sponsors, the Sports Shop Kingford, Pixel Yeti Media. And uh, yeah, continue to listen to us on the 90 Meet Network. See you later. Peace out. Uh,